Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning from my palatial studios in Fort Collins at my house. It is a beautiful start to the Memorial Day uh, holiday. I guess we're going to get a little weather the next couple days. But you know what? A couple things I want to say right off the start. Obviously, this is going to be a different Memorial Day holiday. So everybody be responsible and be careful. But the other thing is, remember what this holiday really is about. I know we celebrate the start of summer and barbecuing and camping and getting out and all those things. But this holiday is really about the people who gave their lives to keep this country free. And uh, and let's make sure we take at least a moment to reflect on that. That's really important, uh, especially uh, with all the things that are going on in the world today. We have got a packed show for you today. We're going to take you down later in the second hour, in this, in the next second segment, rather, <clears throat> to Trinidad Reservoir, one of my favorite places. And we're also going to talk a little bit about a new property that's going to be opening up right down in that same area. We're going to talk some pond fishing, some river fishing. We're going to talk some lake fishing. Nate Zielinski has been into some giant lake trout. We're going to talk about that. And uh, we're going to just cover the whole thing and see if we can make it so you can have a better Memorial weekend and a better summer of enjoying the outdoors. But let's go right to the phones and get it get started. Uh, joining us, he's the editor of Trout Magazine. He's an editor-at-large for Field and Screen Magazine. He's an author. It goes on and on. But most of all, he's a really good friend of mine, and that's uh, Kirk Dieter. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I am doing fine. I know you're kind of up in the mountains. How's the weather up there? It's starting to cloud up a little bit. I'm up in Steamboat Springs right now. It's 55 degrees. Today's the day to get out and get the fishing in because <laughs> tomorrow, I think, is when our weather comes. But the, sometimes the weather makes the fishing better. You know that. Oh, yeah. It can change a lot. You know, hatches, the way the fish behave, all kinds of things. Let's start with the fishing a little bit. I want to talk to you about two or three things I know. Um, yeah, you're good for our good friend, uh, uh, John Garrick has a new book coming out. We want to talk about that. And we want to talk about some, uh, activities with TU and DU and some combined things going on, but let's dig right into the fishing. Uh, what have you seen on the rivers? Are they really starting to get a little rolly? Yeah, everything's pretty haystacked up now. I'm looking at the Yampa now and it's probably, oh, well, well over 3000. Um, I think the Colorado's the same, but there are some feeder creeks that are clear, even though they're high. And of course, the lake fishing is prime right now. So it's uh, time to practice the, the flat water skills. Maybe if you're going to get on a river, tuck under a dam somewhere. Um, but uh, the free stones are rolling, and it's it's a good sign. It always kind of makes me sad that I can't fish right now, but it makes me feel good about what's going to happen later in the summer. Well, you know, another thing that's going on, we've got a lot of new anglers out there, and a little later I want to get into that and getting families involved in fishing too, but uh, it probably, with the water running this high in most freestone streams, is not a good time for a novice angler to get out there, and it's certainly not a time for anybody to be wading in the rivers. Wouldn't you agree? I totally agree with that. And, in fact, it doesn't take much water to knock a, 
a big person off their feet. And I speak from experience. You know, it only takes ankle deep water when it's moving really fast and slick rocks. So, yeah, now's not time to keep your boots dry, I think, or stay in the boat in the lake or do whatever you're going to do. Um, stay on the grass. But uh, yeah. wading, wading can get a little sporty right now. Yeah, a lot of times when I wade this time of year, I leave the waders at home because if you are fishing a river that's running that high, you know where the fish are going to be. They're going to be near the shoreline anyway, and most people wade out and cast over them. But like you mentioned, maybe, you know, you can fish that high water. The fish are still going to eat. It's just difficult, and there are other alternatives. What are your some of the favorite things you like to do when the rivers are high like this? You kind of started mentioning them. Maybe still water. You do more still water fishing? I do still water, and you know, I'm the editor of Trout Magazine. I, I diversify species. This is when I'm going bass fishing, I'm going pike fishing, I'm going carp fishing. Carp fishing on the fly right now is prime. Between now and the middle of June, maybe carp's not your thing, but I can tell you it's a great challenge to figure out how to hook one on the fly. It's poor man's bonefish, and we have plenty of them here all over Colorado. You can find them from right downtown Denver in the South Platte River to golf course ponds to sloughs out on the Colorado River that form up when the water gets high like this and it floods fields and so forth. Um, I, so that's when I'm carp fishing. You know, ironically, I also spend a lot of time spin fishing now. Um, Mr. Fly Fishing puts his fly rods away, and I, I get down and dirty with the spinning gear, and uh, that's refreshing too because you learn a lot when you cross over. When you, I learned – spin fishing and I apply it to fly fishing and vice versa. It's all really about reading currents and stuff like that. So, Oh, it, re- it really is about learning about fish behavior and how they eat and how they feed and how they react and different tools, different ways of approaching it, a different uh, mindset when you're on the water, but all of them very can be a lot of fun and successful. The carp thing, I really uh, agree with you on. I uh, I also think carp are great practice, especially if you're going to take maybe that bonefish trip, or maybe if you're, you're a redfish trip, or even if you're just lucky enough to get into a, a huge brown trout here in the mountains, most people don't hook big fish very often. And when they do, they tend to pucker up a little bit. And if you've never handled a big fish on a fly rod, those car- fishing for carp can be just a great education, right? Yeah, it can. And it, it not only... Um... It's hard to hook them in the first place because they can smell you, they can feel you coming, they can sense you. They they're really smart fish, believe it or not. Um, we under undervalue them as far as how smart they are. But then in terms of the fighting, they can bulldog, and and you need to learn how to handle. That. I mean, if you can land a ten pound carp, you're not going to have a problem landing a five pound bonefish or a, even a twenty pound redfish. Uh, the carp tend to be the ones that challenge me the most. That's for sure. Oh, I remember the first time I was fishing with good friends of ours, Brad Beefus and Barry Reynolds, when they, this goes back over 20 years, when they first introduced uh, Carp on the Fly, their first book. And uh, we were filming, and they were doing some of the early fishing, and I fished a little later on. But one of my tasks was, when they'd get one in close, was for me to pick it up and show it to the camera. Having not really done that much with Carp, we had some very interesting outtakes, I'll tell you. (laughs) I can imagine. It's like trying to just the old grease pig thing, right? They slide all over the place. So. Oh, and they're hard to get a hold of. They don't have the normal handles other fish do. Hey, no, they don't. Uh, there's lots of opportunities. I want to get back to fishing in a minute, and I want to talk about some other uh, 
some other activities. But one thing I want to make sure we give plenty of time to, and our good friend, friend uh, John Gierick has a new book coming out. I believe it's Dumb Luck and the Kindness of Strangers. And you have an event coming up to present that book. Tell us about that. Well, you know, because people aren't really uh, able to, poor John couldn't do his uh, book tour to launch this great book of his uh, in the same way that he would when he would barnstorm and go to different large gatherings of people. So in this day and age, we're going to do a virtual event, and it's going to be this Thursday, May 28th, and it's at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, p.m., and we're going to live stream. And people can come on, and I'll ask John some questions, but people who join the event can ask John questions as well. Um, you just need to go to tu.org slash Garrick, and that's G-I-E-R-A-C-H, but just tu.org and look around, and you can register for the event that way. And then 6 o'clock on Thursday rolls around, and we'll be having a virtual book launch with one of my favorite authors. And not, not to roll on too long here, but – I mean, it's been a super fun experience for me as the editor of Trout Magazine because some of the chapters in this book first appeared in Trout Magazine as John's regular column in Trout. So I get a a sneak peek as this evolves, but to see it all put in one place, in one volume, one book, it's a pretty special deal. And I think this is actually one of his best, which is tall praise because John has many, many wonderful books. I will post uh, that information on my Facebook page also, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, so anybody that's interested, if you heard it today and didn't get, a, your, didn't get a chance to write it down, I'll put it on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. One thing about John, though, i got to say there's something about him that just aggravates me and I don't like, and I'm going to tell you right now, because John comes from Minnesota like I, like I do and you from the Midwest. We have similar life experiences at different times in our life, and a lot of the same friends and a lot of the same places to fish, but he's able to write about them in a way that's so entertaining and so captivating and so fun that it just makes me mad. Cause I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. John's the envy of many of us, the way he can turn a phrase and he comes to the concluding point. He'll talk about an event and a situation and he'll sum it up in one line that sticks in your head and you've been thinking about it the next time you hit the river. And that's, what's made him such a great writer, great author for so many years now. So, Oh, I, yeah. I've been an outdoor writer for decades. I've been an outdoor writer for decades and I, I just am, am envious in a very friendly way. I just think the world of John and his books, I love to read them. This is going to be great. So we'll, um, before I let you go, we'll give that date out again. Also, there's something going on. You mentioned to me when we talked earlier in the week that, uh, TU is is partnering up with Ducks Unlimited and some of the other affinity groups to uh, about some responsible outdoor recreation. Is that right? That's right. The National Fish and Wildlife Foundation has empowered all of us to, and that would be Trout Unlimited, National Wild Turkey Federation, uh, Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, Ducks Unlimited, Pheasants Forever, and a couple others to reach out to our constituents, people who like the sports and the outdoors, and say, absolutely, now is the time to be outside. It's uh, a renaissance in fishing that I'm seeing, but it's important to do so responsibly. So the the campaign is responsible recreation. And if you, you know, are fishing with your family, take a photo, 
uh, hashtag it, put it online, hashtag it responsible recreation, and you have a chance to win prizes from TU, like rods and so forth. It's definitely worth it. But what we really want people to do is, A, get outside and fish. Absolutely. But if you're going to do it, just make sure that it's not exactly like it was before. Maintain your distance from other anglers that you don't know. You know, try to be in a boat with your family. Um, try to stay a little bit more local. Um, discover some of the things that are close to you. Uh, if you are in a boat with others, you happen to be um, where that's deemed appropriate, you, you wear a mask. If you're going to be in close proximity, just like you would uh, if you're in the grocery store, just do it responsibly, and then and all all um, all options are available beyond that. It's 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 the time to fish. Dr. Anthony Fauci the other night on CNN actually said, "Go fishing." So that's all I had to hear. I'm on my way this afternoon. Yeah, I don't need to be pushed real hard. Hey, um, tell well, people again how if they wanted to participate in that, where do they go? So you go to tu.org, and also you're posting online on Facebook, and just hashtag it responsible recreation. Okay, that sounds like a great opportunity. You know, I want to touch a little more. I'm going to take a couple more minutes because I want to touch. You mentioned fishing is growing. You know, we went through this these periods of ups and downs with a lot of things, people supposed to stay home now they're getting out and obviously people are getting outdoors people who probably haven't really been outdoors or at least outdoors much in years because we don't have youth sports you can't go to a movie you can't go out to dinner um so there's all these people let's go outside let's go for a walk let's go for a hike let's go to the park let's do some of these things and a lot of them are getting into fishing, and I want to kind of piggyback on what you said about responsible, but I also want to make it incumbent on the sportsmen who are out there now. Um, it, the, what, the revenue that builds the resources and supports our outdoor community come from license sales and, and taxes on participate, participation of a, buying equipment and things like that, and it, right now, the, the sportsmen need to reach out when they see somebody new to the outdoors, when they have a question, when they want to know, how do I get started? What do I do? Can, where can I take my family fishing? You know, don't preach to them necessarily about being responsible. Make sure you mention it, but then help them. Tell them, here's where you can go and catch some bluegills with a, with a bobber and some worms. Or here's a great place to go start fly fishing and take your daughter or your son out with you. Uh, here's a great place to go for a family outing and enjoy the water or whatever it is outdoors. And, and Kirk, I think that is, you know, sportsmen who've been around for a while, and we, should, we need to help these people get properly started so that a lot of them keep going outdoors but do it in the right way. I think you're right. And no one wants to be preachy at this time, and now's the time to support each other. And I think that I'm looking at if there is any silver lining in all of this pandemic stuff, I think that it's going to be the summer of family fishing. I think that I'm already fishing with my family more than I've done in the past, and that that it's kind of bittersweet for me because all the time I spend fishing, I do it for work and this and that. And now it's time to get back to the roots, and I think a lot of families – are realizing that it's cost-effective, it's healthy, it's outdoor, and it brings them together. So I think if we all work toward making 2020, instead of the year of the pandemic, the year of um, family fishing, then I think that we might at least look back and have some fond memories. Uh, and, they, and this is something that we can build some momentum going forward that helps the sport, helps the outdoors, helps our environment, helps everything. It's a, it's a positive if we channel it, if we make lemonade out of lemons. 
All right, last thing, then i got to let you go. But we have nice weather today. It could change a little bit. If you were going to try to go somewhere this afternoon and do a little fishing, um, and you were anywhere in the state, I guess, but probably more front range, where would you go? I'd hit you. I hit the. I hit the closest pond, or golf course pond, or whatever that I can access. The closest piece of water, and I try to catch a carp. All right, my friend. You uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. We'll get you back in the studio soon when things settle down, and you can I you and I can really spend some time together. I'll look forward to that. I look forward to spending some time in person with you when we can do it more often. All right. Thanks, Kirk. Kirk Dieter, right. editor of Trout Man editor of trout magazine field and stream you know uh, i'm going to post uh, what he said about john garrick's new book um that's a thursday night event because uh, john is such an incredible writer we'll get that up on the uh we'll get we'll get that up on my f- facebook page terry wickstrom outdoors and later on in this show um when austin parr comes on we're going to actually talk about beginning fishermen going to some of these ponds and what kind of gear you need to buy so we've just got a lot coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're actually waiting for a call from Crystal Dryling from Trinidad Park and the new uh, the new Fisher's Peak Park that they're going to be opening next year. Hopefully she'll join us later in the hour, but let me get you caught up on a few things. You know, one of the things we talk about We've been talking a lot. Obviously, everybody has about COVID-19. But let's not forget, you know, the basic outdoors. We're all getting outdoors. We're all spending more time. And a lot of people are getting outdoors that maybe don't spend as much time as they would have in the past. Or maybe you're just getting out for the first few times this year. The first thing I want you to remember, it's rattlesnake season. So um, there's been more and more reports. We're having a very robust rattlesnake season this year. So if you're in country or terrain that could have rattlesnakes, understand how to react around them. Take the proper precautions. You know, they're, they're very, very seldom are they going to come over and attack you. They're pretty timid. But if you step on them or get close to them or if your dog does in the grass, then we want, we want to make sure there isn't a tragedy. Normally, if you just back away and give them an escape route, they will go away. But just be aware and looking for them. It doesn't hurt to carry a stick sometimes and be uh, pushing on the grass a little bit alongside the trail as you go. The other thing, it's tick season. And we've done shows in the past. In fact, you can go back and go on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and uh, Every year we do a tick, uh, tick-borne tick disease show along with the organization here in Colorado. And it's very serious stuff. And uh, we talked about COVID. If you happen to get a tick bite and get Lyme disease or Rocky Mountain tick fever or one of the many, um, many uh, things you can get from a tick bite, it could be life-changing. And especially it could affect your immune system for what's happening around right now. So you remember that you're going outside, take normal precautions. Now, along those lines, we're going to start up our trivia again, and we'll talk more about this in the second hour. But uh, during sometime during the week, I'm going to post an article that I wrote uh, for the Denver Post on survival. Now, this isn't hardcore like the survival television shows. This is for the person that's going a day hike. He's going overnight camping, hunting in the uh, in the outdoors, and you get lost, or you have an injury, or or you fall and you're trapped or something like that 
and how to get through that, how to survive, what you need with you, what to do before you go so that a mishap like that doesn't turn into a tragedy. And then based on that article a week from today, we're going to give away two or three trivia prizes based on questions out of that article. So uh, you'll, you'll need to know what's in the article. It'll be posted during the week sometime and then listen to next week's show. And I think we've got some pretty good prizes lined up. We're going to talk maybe a little bit more about that later in the show. Again, follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Our Facebook is Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And if we're going to do a trivia, we, we put that up there. If something that we think is uh, pressing and important needs to go back up there from a podcast from today's show, we'll put two or three of those up during the week, including we'll put the information about John Garrick's new book up there. We also put uh, postings whenever we add a television show to our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. And Karen and I and Greg Claudio did 22 seasons on television. We did two shows, Mountain States Fishing, which was really filmed right right in this area. And we did Angling Adventures Television, where we traveled from the Arctic Circle to the equator. Um, but it's, some of those were filmed very close to here, too, because we have some great destinations to travel to right in Colorado. And the whole idea of the Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube is to either show you a place, probably one close to home where you can go fishing, show you a technique that you could use wherever you fish, or show you a destination for one of those major trips that when things settle down, you want to take. So check it out. Uh, we post every time we add new, uh, new episodes, Karen posts those on our Facebook page, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Um, a couple other things we're going to cover too later on in the show. I mentioned that we're seeing more and more people out fishing. I posted on the Facebook page how to get started fishing in Colorado. It was another Denver Post article I'd written a while ago, but it takes you through how to pick out a rod and reel. And there's a couple ways you can approach buying a rod and reel, and I'm going to talk more about that with Austin Parr later on in the next hour on how we look at it, how we look at posting, uh, how we look at uh, picking out a rod and reel, do you want just a combo to get you through? Do you want something a little better? When should you invest a little more money? When can you get by without? So Austin and I are going to talk about that in the second hour. Or you can go check out my article uh, on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on, on Facebook. And lastly, before we go to break, uh, I want to mention that on June 6th and 7th, that's free fishing weekend. So June 6th and 7th, you don't need a license to fish in Colorado. So if you've been thinking, I wonder if I want to get back into fishing, should I take the kids out? Now, kids under 16 don't need a license anyway, but uh, maybe you want to, but if you're going to help them and use the rod, you need one. Or maybe you want to make it a family outing, or maybe you've got uh, older members of your family or yourself, you just want to get back into fishing. There's a great chance for you to dip your toe in the water you know dust off some of that old fishing gear put some new line on it and just go have some fun it's going to be crowded because uh there aren't, isn't a lot of other things going on right now the outdoors is crowded right now and we're going to talk more about that in our next segment but you can take advantage of that and do it responsibly i tell you what we're going to take a time out we come back uh Rebecca Farrell from Parks and Wildlife is going to join us. So we're going to talk just about that, how to get out and enjoy the outdoors responsibly and take full advantage of our resources right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. It's another tequila sunrise. 
You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. Uh, joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Rebecca Farrell. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I'm doing okay. Uh, it's a beautiful day, and we might get some weather. I'm sure that a lot of people are getting out, as they have been on a regular basis. <clears throat> and I think uh, fatigue has set in with a lot of people as far as being cooped up. And you made a comment to me that I thought hit it right on the head, that a lot of people are acting maybe not the way they would act normally, but these aren't normal times. Yeah, it's it's true. And, and you know, we... We, we've been lucky that we've been able to keep our state parks open during this whole pandemic time. And not all of our neighboring states or other states across the country can say that. And so um, we've gotten a bit of a head start of understanding sort of what the crowds can look like. We've had summer level visitation throughout this last couple of months, which is very unusual for us. Um, but it does give us a little bit of insight. And, and we see kind of that stir craziness. And, and we know people have cabin fever and are, are looking to get out. Um, and maybe if they've been, you know, following the rules and staying inside for the bulk of this time, they're they're even more anxious than usual. So, you know, it's our hope that people kind of take consideration of, of what this weekend is all about and remembering people who put themselves, you know, above, put others above themselves, really, and, and made sacrifices to ensure that the country was safe and that their communities were safe and to kind of carry that spirit over this weekend. No, I think you're absolutely right. And a couple of things, you know, we, we talked about people wanting to get out, people getting out. I think it's the whole COVID thing has been very politicized, and I don't want to take sides in it. It's just that it's it hasn't always been what's common sense, what's the best. And so it, there's been mixed messages that that have come out. Now, what as far as parks and wildlife go, you're a state agency, and you're mandated to follow the guidelines the the governor has set for you as far as what can go on in parks and so have some of the other um, entities other types of parks and i think the first one i'd like to just talk about and because we don't want more of this type thing to happen and the elephant in the room is kind of what happened when we saw of course boulder creek but then cherry creek and the swim beaches when people in their you know just exuberance to get out to socialize to enjoy the sun really went overboard and left you guys with no choice but to close the swim beaches. Well, you know, you're right. And and again, it's a lot of people also have the notion that, you know, kind of getting outdoors sort of negates the need to keep being diligent. And and that's just not true. We still need people to maintain that social distancing. Um, the, The designated swim beaches in all of our parks, don't open until this weekend. Um, and so that, that area technically was not open. Um, so there, there's been a lot of discussion of closing. It, it's remaining closed. We had to clear people off of that area. And, and that was unfortunate because we do, we all have that responsibility to our fellow park visitors, our communities. Um, we are bound by the state rules, of course, and, and safer at home is still in play. Um, and that, you know, safer at home didn't mean that sort of, you know, all bets were off. And so, you know, we still need people to to be responsible for themselves and their fellow visitors. And, and you know, when it, when people can't do that, um, and again, we talked a little bit about the stir craziness, but if, if we find that a situation, whether it's, you know, severe overcrowding, unsafe behavior, people really congregating um, in areas that are open, but, but we 
don't need that congregation, you know, we, we have the, the duty and the responsibility to kind of close those areas down. And, and we don't want that. Um, our goal is not to minimize what people can do or where people can go, because that truly goes against sort of the COVID-19 uh, rules, is that we want people to spread out. We want to give them more opportunities to kind of space out and still be able to, to get that outdoor um, goodwill and good feeling. But you know, if, if it comes down to it, we will be following those state regulations and we will close things down if they do overcrowd. Well, and, you know, this isn't just a Colorado issue. I mean, some states have closed their waters to fishing and boating. They won't have their boat land, landings open. A lot of the oceanside uh, states have closed their beaches. Um, it, it's going on across the country. We're seeing, you know, there's no youth sports. Uh, you can't go to a movie and you can't even go out for dinner. And People want to get out, and you and I, our careers are based on getting people in the outdoors and then helping them have a good time when they're there. And But there's been a, a probably a, an inrush of people going outdoors faster than any of us expected. And so as resources become open, um, we're gonna, we want to make them available. We want people to act right. But there's other reasons you close resources also, isn't there? Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're glad to be able to kind of get folks out on trails. You know, we do have boating available um, all, all across the state. Camping is now, for the most part, open here in Colorado. And so there's lots of opportunities and things for people to do. Um, but what we do want people to recognize is that when we have closures, they are in place for a reason. And so aside from the pandemic and not even taking that into consideration, spring is a really busy time for wildlife in the state of Colorado. And so you've got elk calving happening. And so some of our forest service partner trails are, are closed down in, in those areas because we do have elk calving and we want to protect our wildlife. Um, several of our parks have uh, raptor nesting. So we have trails that are closed so that those raptors and their babies can, can do well here in the spring and return year after year so that people who enjoy wildlife watching and, and bird watching have that opportunity in the future. And so if an area is closed, it's truly either for human safety or wildlife safety um, or even just the safety of the resource if something's been over-traveled. And so we really need people to respect those closures because there's so much going on on a seasonal and wildlife basis as well. You know, one of the things about the raptors, I really like it when they do well because they come and eat the rabbits in my yard that destroy my lawn. <laughs> it's all, you know, it's all my, such a big circle of life, Terry. It, it is, you know, and I don't want to sound crass about that. It's uh, We're all part of the food chain, depending on where we are at the time and who else is there, right? Um, but, um, Absolutely. Uh, but I'm fortunate. We have, uh, we've had, we get several hawks, an owl, a bald eagle. We even had a, a turkey vulture and even a, Crows and ravens, I've seen them taking mice and stuff. And it's, it's a, nature is, I'm always in awe of nature and what goes on, you know. And, and people get out there right now. They can enjoy that, you know, just watching bird watching and wildlife watching and wildflower watching. We had wildflower week, I think, just recently. That getting out and doing those. And there are places to spread out and do that. And I think the best advice is if you get to a place and it's crowded and the parking lot's nearly full, Maybe you should go at a different time or go to a different place. I know that sounds a little harsh, but that's kind of what we have to do, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, we're so fortunate that whether you are near, you know, a, a local open space, whether you're coming to a state park with all of our forest service lands and, and open spaces here in Colorado, there are so many places to go. And so you might have a favorite popular trailhead, but, yeah, if you show up and it's really busy, 
you know, look look for something else that's maybe a little bit more off the beaten path or, or something that will allow you to kind of space out and spread out. And we've got resources. You know, we, we have our Cotrax app. I've heard you talk about it on your show before. It's amazing. And we're working with all of our local and, and federal partners to, to make sure that they're keeping their trail system postings up to date on that. So you can kind of see where, you know, if there might be closures, there might be parking lot closures because it's crowded. Know before you go and kind of find a new place to, to spread out and, and maybe find a new place to hike. Yeah, the Cotrex app is really good. And all you have to do is just, it's free, right? And I believe it tries to connect virtually all the trails in the state. It does. It's got, I think, almost 40,000 miles of trails on it now. Um, and it is free. And you can put it on your Android or your Apple phone. So you can go to your app stores and download it. It's just C-O-T-R-E-X. Look for that. Super easy to use. It will kind of triangulate on where you are, but you can move around to other areas in the state. There are notes on each trailhead, so it's a fantastic opportunity to kind of see what else you might be able to do and and hopefully a little bit closer to home. Well, and there's tons of resources on Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, webpage. In fact, right on the very front right now, and I I also post this uh, occasionally on my Facebook page, you have your COVID-19 page, which you guys update whenever there's a major change to what's going on with the way parks is approaching COVID. And people should check that before they go anywhere because it may, may, may require you to change your plans or it may open something up to you that you didn't know you could do. So you want to take advantage of that. And fishing, we've been talking earlier this hour about the number of new fishing uh, participants out there. Fishing is is just taken off across the country. And a lot of people are getting back into it or starting it for the first time. But there's tremendous resources on Parks and Wildlife pages too, the the fishing atlas and the fishing report. There's just uh you just have unlimited resources if you want to spend a little time going over the website. Absolutely. And and you know, again, like you said and, and thank you, we are trying to keep people as informed as possible there right on the home page. Um but you know, if you if you kinda know what you want to do from an activity perspective, we have tons of resources by activity on our website as well. And so um fishing's one, I heard you mention the free fishing weekend coming up here the first weekend of June. So we're always excited about that. Um, and, and maybe you could start planning ahead. You know, I heard that it's going to be a little bit rainy here, potentially in the Denver area tomorrow. Maybe make some plans and plan ahead for that free fishing weekend, figure out where you might like to go. And um, you can see right on our fishing app, which we also have available for your phone or our fishing atlas online, you can look and find out what trails are accessible, family-friendly, how far in you might have to hike. So there's all kinds of great ways that you can kind of plan your next fishing trip online as well. No, there really is. I'll leave a open you for any last comments, and then we're going to wrap it up, Rebecca. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those things where, um, you know, we're all excited to get outside. It's the kickoff to summer, um, but it necessarily looks a little bit different this year. And so, you know, we hope people um, are, are certainly heeding the advice to to fully pack out everything that they pack in. We hope people are making sure that they're keeping their distance and not trying to Um, you know, sort of break orders and congregate in large groups. Um, And we hope that everybody has a little bit of patience and a little bit of grace with each other because we're we're all feeling that pressure. We're all looking for a little bit of stress relief. And the outdoors is the best place to do it. But as you mentioned, it might be a little bit crowded and look a little bit different this year. So certainly have a little bit of patience and grace with each other out there. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, you do a great job and great information. And I think the the message we want to leave with folks is we want you outdoors. We want you enjoying this. We want to help you. This show and your agencies want to make it better, but uh, we're bound by certain things. And let's make sure we all work together to make it work. Thanks a lot, Rebecca. Absolutely, Terry. 
Rebecca Farrell from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. We'll take a quick time out on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're into the dire straits today. I think that's the second one, Kyle. Yeah, it's a pretty safe call with you, Ter. Yeah, that and the Eagles. Although the Eagles are kind of on my list, you know, because they they uh, they postpone that concert till next year. i you know so, but but I'm still gonna go if they do it. It's a uh, lot's gone on. We've all had to make sacrifices. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Um, we are waiting for a call from uh, Trinidad Lake. We didn't get that yet, so something may have come up in emergency. I'll tell you real quick what they wanted to talk about. We were going to give an update at uh, Trinidad Park, which, of course, has camping. It's open for camping and boating. Uh, the, they've been shore fishing. Boating just opened, and it's they've been shore fishing quite a bit and uh, doing quite well for trout. And the uh, water levels are very good. The lake's sitting at 772 surface acres. And it's a great walleye sogai fishery and catfish. I've actually fished this lake. It's been a few years now. And um, I may put a television show up on my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on Trinidad. But I've gone down there, and it's a true multi-species lake. And it's a great fishery. It's far enough away from the metro area where it doesn't get the pressure some of the local lakes do. And uh, I've done really well on some very nice saw guys down there. I mean, very nice and big catfish. But I've also caught large and smallmouth bass, uh, crappies, and some pan- other panfish, uh, bluegills. It's just a diverse lake that you can fish just about any way you want to, shore or a boat, and have some success. And it's got a nice little campgrounds, and it's just a great, great place to make a trip. And in conjunction with Trinidad, well, it's, at least it's going to be a sister park located right next door. Parks and Wildlife just announced um, that they're going to be doing the Fisher's Peak Park, which will open, which will open next year sometime. And as the as the eagle flies, it's only going to be about two miles from Trinidad. It's going to be right in that south area. And if you don't know, what Trinidad is. Uh, south of Pueblo on your way to the New Mexico border. You can find it on a map. It's right by the town of Trinidad. And the Fisher's Peak uh, property, they're still actually in the planning stage, so we don't have the total definition of it yet, but it's going to be over 19,000 acres, which will make it the second largest uh, park, uh, state-owned park in Colorado. And it's gonna, they're going to Combine it with a lot of habitat conservation. There's going to be an extensive trails. Uh, I, I believe mostly non-motorized, uh, but extensive trails. And they'll gain up to 3,000 feet, I believe, in elevation in the park. So you'll have lower elevation, almost front-range prairie, all the way up to higher elevation and mountainous terrain. I, they're, they're thinking there'll be hunting opportunities on this park. They're really excited about it. We haven't opened a new park for a while. And with all the people getting out recreating, this is going to be a great way for, um, for for people to just get out and enjoy. You're going to have Trinidad Park right there where you can camp and boat and fish. And then just a couple miles away, you're going to have Fisher's Peak Park, which is going to be just tremendous for trails and picnics and wildlife watching and possibly hunting and using the trails and uh, hiking to all different levels. Now, 
there's definitely going to be camping at uh, Fisher's Peak, too, whether they'll get to that next year or not. I think they plan on having quite a bit of remote camping where you have to hike in, and then they'll probably develop some uh, campgrounds closer to the roads for RVs and things as the park goes on. They're going to do it in phases, but it's just uh, it's just a new opportunity, you know, and, you know, we talk a lot of hunting and fishing on this show. But wildlife watching and hiking and those type of things are every bit as important and the use of our parks. And when we develop parks in Colorado, they're for all those activities. You know, you get mountain biking. You've got uh, some of our parks have climbing where you can do the rock climbings. There's just a a variety of things to do in our state parks. Um, And so they try to really develop properties to suit everybody's needs. And, you know, I'm kind of hoping this COVID thing, I mean, there's always a silver lining, not that I wish it, I'm glad it happened, will get people more interested in the outdoors because the outdoors brings uh, a sense of tradition to our lives. It's a, It creates a bonding when you're out with your family that you can't do in another way. In fact, the American Sport Angling Association did a survey about, oh, this goes back several years now, but they, they um they interviewed or they surveyed people over the age of 40 and what their most memorable experience with their parents was growing up. And 52% was an outdoor experience. It was fishing, hunting, or camping. And because there was just special memories. And at the time they said they didn't remember them feeling so special even as when they looked back and realized those moments they spent doing those activities when they weren't encumbered by all the other aspects of life and they just relaxed and they just really treasured those moments. Uh, the next second best uh, activity was a sporting event. And that was only, that was only 12% of the people. So, you know, the outdoors does have a way of bonding, you know, just a walk through one of the state parks and you see an animal or a flower or just experience the view of the mountains. Uh, for me, of course, a lot of it's been fishing and hunting. Uh, my mother was on a deer stand with me when I was 12 years old. Uh, my dad would take us fishing almost every weekend. We just lived in the outdoors. And I was very, very blessed. And that's not so easy now because a lot of we used to, a lot of people used to live more in rural communities, and now we live in big urban cities. And our our family structure has changed. And maybe the COVID's a chance for us to kind of just take a breath. Because we've all been going a million miles now, myself included. You know, we're trying to make money. We're trying to be successful, trying to do all these things. Maybe it's time to take a breath and kind of reevaluate life a little bit, too, and what's really, really is important, what means the most to us. So think a little bit about that. By the way, we're going to take a break here in a minute. Nate Zelensky is going to join us. He posted some pictures of giant lake trout. We're going to cover also... Austin Parr is going to join us in the next hour, and we're going to talk about some local uh, local fishing around the metro area and how to get started, how to pick out a fishing rod. We're going to talk about our trivia that's coming up that will be posted during the week on Facebook on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and a chance for you to win some great prizes. And then, at the final, and then we've got Colorado Clays is going to come on and talk about some fundraising and shooting events they have. And lastly, Chad LaChance will join us. He's going to talk about alternatives to fishing the rivers now that the flows are coming up. So we have a tremendous lineup for the second hour of the show. And we'll uh, we'll make sure we get into all those aspects of it. We've just got a ton coming up. The trivia thing you really want to uh, you want to pay attention to. We're going to have some good gifts. 
and it's going to be a very knowledge uh, related trivia question, the way it's going to be set up. But you'll have to pay attention on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, because that's where the answers to the trivia will be posted next week. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we'll have Nate Zielinski join us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. <laughs> 